The first thing to know about air is that when it's balanced, when we have like a nice energetic air element, but the air hasn't taken over entire life, the air element is all about transformation, flexibility, um, curiosity. The elements are earth, water, fire, air, and space. And when they're in balance in our body, energy, and mind, we can live happier, healthier lives. If you'd like more free resources on the elements, please find the link in the info box below to get teachings on all five elements organized into an email series. Plus, you'll be notified of future live teachings. This talk was recorded live on Insight Timer and only lightly edited, so you'll hear me respond to questions and comments. With the air element, it's, it's related to the intellect. And um, I think the reason for that is that with, with the intellect, with curiosity, you're always taking in something new. You're looking for a different approach to something, um, more information, more knowledge. So there's just like a lot of flexibility and change that's related to the intellect, to learning. Um, <clears throat> in fact, the hard thing I say this as somebody who went through a dissertation process uh, in a PhD program. You know, the hard thing about learning sometimes is not going after the new stuff, but recognizing when you have to stop going after new stuff and just actually go deeper in what you already have or, you know, build something with what you've learned. So for those of us for whom air is the dominant element, that might be an issue that we um, struggle with. Jackie says, that is so me. It's so me too. Um, <clears throat> Logan says, a hundred percent me. Yeah, I think this is something actually that a lot of us in modern life can relate to. So I just actually want to tell you a story right quick about, um, sort of the Tibetan medical response to the air element and how much of it we as like modern modern people living a Western lifestyle, like wherever you're living in the in the globe, if you're online, you're probably living a kind of a Western lifestyle. You know, Tibetans in general just think of our way of life as being very fast paced. Um, this is something I've, I've kind of noticed spending time in Tibetan communities, but also uh, there's this really wonderful Tibetan Lama, um, Lama Tenzin Sampel, who comes and teaches at my home Sangha, Don Mountain, um, and he's said this before, you know, that, that just how quickly everything moves here, how quickly everything changes, it's really difficult for, you know, like a Tibetan refugee who immigrates from like India to the US or Switzerland, or, you know, there's a lot of like hubs of Tibetans in the West. And, um, it often is just really difficult for people making that transition because it's so fast. If you're not used to, you know, Twitter <laughs> blowing up and you have new messages all the time, emails landing in your inbox, or, you know, if you're, if you're working a job when you always have new stuff landing on your desk, it can be very fast paced. So we just have naturally in our lifestyle, a lot of that air element, that change, that fastness, that transformation. So, Hello, hello, Joski. <clears throat> so the air element is something that all of us, I think in this modern time, really have to deal with. So again, the balanced air element, that is when we were able to take on new things, 
to enjoy that new thing, um, to, to do it well, not to just be kind of like bouncing around here and there and everywhere, but to actually take that on, learn something new, be flexible and transform. So transformation is like a really important part of the air element, but it's also a really important part of the spiritual path. You know, in the same way that like the earth element is important for its, its um, qualities of like groundedness, richness, enjoyment. Enjoyment, is that a word? Anyway, enjoying like where you are and your own natural internal resources. Earth element is really important for that. The water element, you know, there, wherever you are, you have a sense of ease and flow and comfort. Again, really important qualities on the spiritual path because we're learning how to stop like doing, like thinking that we have to make everything happen and just start relaxing into letting, letting reality unfold. You know, doing our part to try to be a good actor in the world, but just letting things unfold. The fire element, you know, again, it's about passion, creativity, taking on something new, finding that, that oomph in life. And that too is a very important quality on the spiritual path. You know, if you're, if you're doing your meditation practice, but it feels kind of bleh and there's no creativity and no joy in it, then like, why would you keep doing it? So all of these elements are really important to our long-term health and growth as spiritual practitioners. But um, in a way, I feel like these last two elements, air and space, are like really, really important. Um, maybe that's just because air is my personal favorite or like my comfort zone, uh, but you'll see why. I'll explain later when I start talking about air in the context of meditation. So if the balanced air element is about change, transformation, growth, curiosity, intellect, what happens when we have too much air in our energy system or, or in the, the lifestyle that we're leading? So too much air and you get something like a hurricane, you know, where things are just being blown around all the time. You feel like you're just trying to survive in your life. Um, so many people have ADHD these days and like there's a physiological basis for that too. But I feel like even those of us who don't have maybe the physiological basis for ADHD, we just, we're all, I think, exposed to an environment that makes it feel as though we did have ADHD or something like that. You know, our attention is just drawn in so many different directions so many different, you know, job postings. I remember this, like, in previous job searches, they'll ask for somebody who's a good multitasker. And as it turns out, this is backed by research, humans do not multitask. I think this is like a huge air element distortion here, this idea that we can be, you know, watching something, writing or working, and then maybe at the same time, we're also like thinking about what to make for dinner. Humans don't multitask. We shift our attention between one task and another, and that doesn't really, as it turns out, we pay a huge cognitive cost. It's, it's called a switching cost, when you switch your attention from one thing to another. So like our physiology, the way our minds naturally work, do not work with too much air, with too much of this, like do it all at once, do the same thing, but more quickly, um, 
so it's just a challenge. Anna says, I have too much air in my life right now. What can I do? I want to talk about that in a second. Um, <clears throat> well, in several seconds, but I definitely want to cover, you know, how can you, how can you increase not enough air? How can you decrease too much air? But first of all, I just want to talk briefly about what does it look like if you have too little air in your life or in your energy system? And then it might just feel like it's really hard to start something new. It's hard to, to shift between one thing and another. It's difficult to make a change. Maybe you don't feel any curiosity in life. Um, so all of that might be just your air element being depleted, not having the support that it needs. Um, I think it might be possible in some ways to have like too much air and too little at the same time, you know, maybe in one area of life, you're just always going, going, going. And in some other area, it feels like you're stuck. So, um, Dave says the task positive network, the prefrontal cortex is a unitasker. Exactly. That is what they call, I think the executive functioning area of the brain it decides what to do. And yep, you're not going to do th two things at once, um, but you might feel a lot of pressure to do that. <clears throat> so we've talked about what balanced air looks like, what having too much air in your life looks like, and what having not enough air in your life may look like. Um, so before I get to Anna's question, which is a really good one, I want to just talk briefly about the air element in meditation. So with some of the other elements, like with earth, for instance, it's related to calm abiding meditations, to meditations that kind of help stabilize the mind. And the water element is related to compassion meditations. So meditations that help us connect and feel that sense of, of you know, connection and flow with each other. The air element is, is also related to our body's wind system. So if you've heard of prana or chi, those are connected with the air element. Those are the air element, basically. So the idea is we have a subtle energy system, um, you know, a central channel that kind of runs just in front of the spine. We have, I probably can't see my lower belly, but um, a few finger widths below the the belly button and a few finger widths inside the body, there's what's called the dantian or the, um, it's the triple burner. But anyway, in it's, it's that very important, um, energy point at the center of the abdomen, uh, in the Chinese medical system, same thing, <clears throat> excuse me, with the, um, yogic descriptions of the body, same thing with the, uh, Tibetan tantric descriptions of our subtle body. So we have these channels that air or wind, in, in its subtle form can flow through. So the air element really is what kind of, um, well, the saying is that the mind rides on the wind. So if your air element is like flowing really fast or it's blocked or it's, it's, it's not able to flow just with a natural ease and natural fullness, then it's going to be that much more difficult to meditate or to, to do anything else really with your mind. So there are practices um, that you can do. And this is one answer to Anna's question. If you have too much air in your life, what can you do? One thing you can do about that is um, practices like Qigong or yoga. We are actively 
um, working with those channels and helping your air flow better through those channels. Um, and by air here, I mean it's subtle element as, you know, prana or chi. So a little bit of qigong can be great. Um, gentle yogic exercises, also great. The, the way to work with air and to kind of calm it down a little bit is not to do any kind of intense breathing exercises. So if you're having an air excess, an excess of air, <laughs> um, the, the tradition would not recommend necessarily to do more rapid breathing or holding your breath or anything like that. Maybe just, you know, slower inhales and exhales, allowing that, you know, that prana or chi to kind of circulate more, more smoothly through your system. On Insight Timer, there's a lot of really great, you know, guided qigong exercises. You can find yoga exercises. Um, the main thing, if you're going to do any kind of work with prana or chi or anything in your meditative practice, unless you're really working with someone who is a qualified guide, is just be very gentle. Notice the impact on your body, and if it doesn't feel good, don't keep doing it. Like, no matter how many people have listened to a track or told you you have to do this, if it doesn't feel good to you, just stop. Um, so like the Wim Hof method, not necessarily great if you're having an excess of air energy, according to this way of thinking about it. Also according kind of to my own experiences. I think, I think the more um, chill and relaxed your interactions with your own um, chi are, the better if you're trying to tone down that, that air element in your life and in your body. Um, so in terms of meditation, a couple of ways that the air element can manifest is um, air is related to movement and change, right? So if you have a lot of air element going on, you might have just a lot of thoughts all the time. This is something I totally experience on almost a daily basis. For me, honestly, like the best way of toning this down is to go on retreat <laughs> and be offline, have no cell service. You know, it usually takes maybe three to four days for my mind to really just start settling in, which to me suggests that having an excess of air is not necessarily just the way I am. I think it's more about lifestyle. Um, but anyway, retreat can be a really powerful way of just letting that air settle. Dave says he found the breathing shorter in, longer out, plus qigong helps with downregulation. Yes, yes. Um, there's actually, again, coming back to, you know, neuroscience and the research done on this, there is research to support the idea that when you take a longer out breath than your in breath, it does help your body um, kind of go from like a, a highly agitated mode into a more of a calm mode. So that's a great, um, very simple tip. You know, maybe you count to the to four as you breathe in and you count to five or six as you breathe out. Again, not stretching the breath out too much. You don't get lightheaded. <clears throat> You're not holding the breath. It's just a way of working with breath that if it works for you, could be a nice way of like, like settling that chi in your body, in your mind, in your energy system. Um, <clears throat> so 
Yeah, Dave says, like, telling my vagus nerve, hey, take a break, chill. Totally, totally. And, you know, I think a lot of us get into just an ongoing lifestyle of our bodies being kind of activated all the time. You know, we have stress hormones like cortisol that are maybe at elevated levels. And once you get into that, like, too much air mode, it can be difficult to come back out again. So what Dave just mentioned you know, longer out breaths, using, taking some time, maybe from your daily practice or taking a little break in the middle of the day or just doing this last thing at night. Doesn't matter if you fall asleep doing it, it's already helping your body. That Those can all be ways of just, you know, settling in. Like even, even saying that, I make this sound like, because I think intuitively we, we feel the connection between breath and mind. Logan says, I remember reading about that in a book about Mahamudra. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of really advanced practices that also relate to breath and air and stuff like that. But even as beginners, we can just use our simple physical breath to help regulate our, our you know, subtle breath, our chi, and regulate the mind too. And while we're on the con the, the subject of too much air and what that does to us in meditation, I feel like this is one of the things that people so often say about meditation in, you know, a modern Western context. Like, I can't meditate. I sit down and my mind is just going everywhere. I'm so distracted. I just can't meditate. And I just want to say, I think in certain ways, our lifestyle stacks the deck against us. So if you're someone who has a lot of anxiety has a lot of thoughts going through your mind. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that we all have these pressures on us if we're living anything like a normal life in like the 21st century. Um, if you have a computer that you need to do work on, then you're probably gonna have a lot of stimuli coming at you every day. If you have texts that come in, you know, it's it can be difficult to carve out a time to not have to be chasing after this, that, and the other. And if your phone is on all evening, and then, you know, like I often do, you end up just kind of watching some stuff on YouTube or watching TV or whatever, like there's constant stimulation. So in terms of the meditation practice, especially when it comes to the air element, it can be really helpful to try and maybe be judicious about how many things you let into your mind. Um, you know, maybe, like for me, for instance, I spend most of my day working, I'm online, I have a lot of stuff coming in at me, but then in the evenings I try to put my phone on do not disturb mode. There's still plenty of stuff going on, but maybe I can just pull that one piece out, you know? I, these days I tend to like schedule calls with people instead of trying to be on social media a lot or something. Um, so I still stay connected, but I'm trying to find a way to not have that multitasking, you know, demand put on me all the time. So for you, it might be, it might be something different, but especially when it comes to meditation and the air element, I would just like invite you to consider what are you putting into your mind? What is helpful? And what is just more noise? Like, honestly, for me, I have a, a tendency to like, just have earbuds in all the time if I'm not doing anything in particular. I mean, if I'm going to fold clothes or something, like it's just really tempting to pop my earbuds in. Usually I'd be listening to a podcast. 
these days I've been listening to Encanto songs like Surface Pressure, We Don't Talk About Bruno, What Else Can I Do? Like they're just on a loop in my mind. So, you know, but that's more stimulation. So if you're trying to tune down that air element in meditation and honestly, like in the rest of life too, look at that stimulation, how much of it is helpful, um, how much of it is just, you know, keeping your mind like zooming around. Dave says digital well-being controls on the mobile are a huge benefit. Yes, totally. Um, I have my phone set to go to black and white mode at eight o'clock in the evening just to help me kind of wind down. It's way less entertaining to like watch a YouTube video in black and white as it turns out. So yeah, our amazing devices that distract us all the time also have these built-in ways that we can try to limit the distractions. Logan says, same. Sadly, I'm so used to pressing my headphone to pause so much. I find myself doing that even when I'm not using them. Yes, yes, totally, totally. I, for me, it's almost like a dirty habit, you know? Like my husband walks into the room and I'm like, boop, boop. I wasn't listening to headphones. I'm here and ready to engage with you and not distracted. <clears throat> so that's too much air, which I think probably we can all relate to. Um, Dave says, don't know if there's such a thing as focus music. Right now I play instrumental jazz in 60s period. Okay, I am really into lo-fi right now. Um, it's a genre. I, I, I have an Amazon music account, so I just like, you know, look for lo-fi on there. You can find a lot of different tracks. It's a genre of just kind of down-tempo beats, usually not words. Um, I'm a little bit hooked on it. I've also been trying to cut down on the amount of music that I listen to while I work because I find that also is just one more stimulant, you know, in my mind. Logan says, love lo-fi. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I feel like when I discover, I just recently discovered that lo-fi even existed. When I like stumble across this, I'm like, how, how have I not known about this my entire life? So I'm glad to know that there's some other lo-fi fans. Anna says, awesome. Never heard of it. We'll check it out. It's pretty good, like, chilling music. Um, Dave says, yes, other Insight Timer teachers use a, use a background music during guided meditations. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I tend to put music behind meditations when I, like, create a track, you know, for Insight Timer. Um, because people like that. I also just want to say, maybe sometimes, oh, Dave says that's where he first heard of lo-fi. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. It would be a pretty good, a pretty good, like, background track. Um, I would also say, since we're on the context of, um, of, since we're on the topic of the air element, sometimes maybe just don't even have a guided meditation, just every now and then, maybe even for a short time, just have silence, like use the insight timer, timer function and just see what happens. Um, in the beginning, there can be a lot of that spinning, but if you have long enough, you know, for me, it's maybe about 10 or 15 minutes, the mind can begin to settle. And sometimes it's nice just not to have, you know, even the input of like that music and guidance and stuff like that for your meditation practice. So just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. You can try it and see what happens. Um, but that's, that's something that I like to do, you know, just to have really silent meditation time sometimes. 
Um, so before we move on from the topic of the air element um, and meditation, Keith says, just sitting, very zen. Yeah, exactly. Pretty old school. Um, Dave says, I use the insight timer also, but I have the bowl sound repeat about every 10 seconds and sync your breathing to the bowl. That's a good idea. Sadie says, I can relate to this so much. I feel like after 20 to 30 minutes of dedicated silence, my brain goes from being like a chaotic forest to a peaceful open field. Yes, I can relate to that so much also. Um, <clears throat> and you know, another thing you can try is using a guided meditation to help the mind settle and then doing another maybe 10 or 15 minutes just in silence and just seeing, you know, what happens. Maybe you're still applying a meditative technique like focusing on the breath or doing a body scan or sounding a mantra, but you, you're doing that without sort of the background noise. Logan says, I tend to use the timer more than guided. Guided is more of a treat. Um, yeah, I, I actually do the same exact thing, Logan. Uh, and this reminds me, just a very short plug, tomorrow at the same time, uh, I'm gonna be doing a live session on how to like structure your meditation practice. And I really wanna, I wanna talk about what I do, but I also wanna hear from you what y'all do you know, sort of like what Logan just said, using the timer more than guided, guided is more of a treat. So please feel free to join that and share your wisdom and your experiences and your questions um, with everyone else on the call. Key says, me too, Logan. <clears throat> so just to switch over quickly and talk about what if you don't have enough air in your meditation practice, you know, it's probably not an issue that that many of us have, but curiosity, change, flexibility, all of those are related to the air element. Um, Dave says, almost forgot, have the nice repeating ohm chant from the timer playing. Yeah, that's another way to have like a nice soothing sound. Um, but encouraging your curiosity, trying something new in your practice. I just said maybe try some silence, but you could also try a different type of meditation or try finding a couple of new teachers that you wanna follow on Insight Timer and, and just see if you can cultivate that curiosity in your meditation practice. I, I think a lot of people sometimes feel like meditation is just sitting down and kind of doing the same thing every day. You know, maybe you, you watch your breath or you have some other practice, but if it's the same thing every day, maybe try something different. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm coming from the background of the Tibetan tradition where there's like bazillions of different practices, but even within something like the Zen tradition where there's, you know, in certain schools, there's more of an emphasis just on sitting. There's usually, usually also walking meditation. There's also chanting. There's just different different things you can fold into your practice to keep it fresh. So that's um, the air element in the context of meditation practice. Oh, the last thing I wanna say about that, I, I almost forgot, is um, it can be really nice to do a little tiny bit of qigong or you know the breathing exercises that Dave and others mentioned it can be really nice to do that before your um, session of meditation. So use the power of the breath and air to help the mind settle so that when you do sit down, 
to, to do your meditation practice, it's like your whole system is already warmed up. By warmed up, maybe I actually mean cooled down, you know, like settled and more in that headspace to then be able to be present. So that does wrap up the air element in meditation. So let's talk about the air element in daily life. And this one, Dave says, you ever try in other places thinking of waiting rooms, long lines? Yes, totally. I went through a whole period where I was trying to find all the little tiny bits of time in my life and just reclaim them for meditation practice. Um, that doesn't really work for me as well now with COVID because I don't go anywhere. Um, but yes, absolutely. Anywhere you can get in 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes, you know, all of that, that flexibility, adaptation, creativity, it's the air element, but it's also the fire element maybe, you know, that creative ways to get more, more practice into your life. So yes, totally. Logan says, I used to do the five Tibetan rites in the morning before meditation. It was very helpful. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've never practiced it. Um, I think if you Google it, you'll find that. But uh, Logan, could you describe what that is? Um, just for those who are unfamiliar. For me, I like to do some stretches, some warm-ups. Um, I don't do breathing exercises per se before I start my, my practice in the morning, but I do work them into my daily routine usually. Um, so <laughs> Dave says the automatic car wash, close eyes and listen to the machinery wash the car. Yeah, heating something up in the microwave, you know, waiting for a page to load. I don't know. My internet's pretty fast these days, but that used to be a thing. Um, Sadie says, sometimes at work between seeing patients, I'll spend two minutes on mindfulness and breathing and it almost resets me between encounters. Yes. I think we tend to discount these really short practice sessions because they're not like 20 or 30 minutes, but they make such a huge difference. You know, if you have the time and space to take three mindful breaths, it might sound like nothing, but it really can you know, like Sadie says, help reset your mood, bring the, the attention back into the body. So all of those can be like creative ways to add a little bit more, um, more time for meditation into your life. So that's already cultivating that air element of, you know, newness, flexibility, transformation. So if we talk about cultivating the air element in daily life, this one is a little bit more challenging for me anyway, to like connect with physically in the external world, because, you know, it, it's air, <laughs> like I'm contacting it right now, but I don't really feel much. It's not like hugging a tree or, you know, sitting by a fire or something like that, where you can see it and connect with it. Um, so I'll just share with you this experience I had yesterday. Um, I went to a coffee shop to do some work for the first time in like a long time. Um, masks, socially distanced, like the whole thing, but it's just really nice to get outside. So I was sitting working by a window and it was snowing and you know, when there's snow or rain, but really more snow, like it's just easier to notice the air because you're seeing in like, as a car would drive by, I would see the snow kind of get pulled after it. And it was easier to notice the air element in that context. So, you know, if there are leaves kind of blowing around or if there's wind, you can just go out and feel that wind. Um, but yeah, the air element, I mean, 
you can feel it every time you breathe. <laughs> so it's easy to connect with that internally. If you're looking to charge up your air, air element and balance it from the outside world, maybe just be more attentive. You know, as you breathe in, what are the qualities of that air as it enters your lungs? Like up here, it's often really crisp and cold. Um, in Houston, where I was living before, it is often very soupy and moist and hot. So you can notice that, you know, if, if there's wind, you can fly a kite in it. <laughs> you, can, you can notice its impact on your body. Uh, there's just different ways of connecting with air. I think often, you know, air is probably not an element that most of us need to enhance as much as the other ones. But your breath is always with you and it's a great way to connect with air and to feel not just the, the physical air element, but also that energetic, you know, prana or chi, Tibetans call it lung, as it circulates through your body. Uh, Dave says, for what it's worth, Insight Timer has short uh, one, two and five minute guided meditations. Yes, great way to get a little bit more practice in. <clears throat> Logan says, um, the five Tibetan practices, it's Tibetan yoga. It's five different movements and poses, and it focuses on your breath. You would start the movement while breathing in and finish it on the out breath. Yeah, perfect. So it sounds a lot like Qigong. Um, one of my friends, it's three or seven times each. Um, one of my friends, Alejandro Chaul, I'll put his name in the chat. Um, he's written a couple of books now about the, the Tibetan... Um, Tibetan yogic practices that cultivate the subtle body. So if the air element is something you're interested in and you want to do, you know, like Logan is mentioning, you want to do like practices, um, they can be quite advanced, but my friend Alejandro has kind of taken those advanced practices and applied them. Uh, he actually did research with cancer patients, so he's kind of figured out a way of making those practices more accessible to everybody. So anyway, if you check out his books, um, you can get them pretty much anywhere. I have them on Kindle. Um, it's a uh, it's a really nice way to cultivate the air element in an intentional way. Whew. All right, so that was that was a lot. <laughs> I feel like um, the air element is it's really powerful. It can be a little overwhelming. And again, you know, there's that power of transformation that's related to the air element. Some of that is, you know, it just requires a lot of background to really talk about it. So I won't talk about it much here. You can read Alejandro's books. Um, but, you know, the magic of the spiritual path is, is in allowing us to transform, you know, anxiety maybe to a form of wisdom, like recognizing... Um, the connectedness underlying that anxiety or recognizing our longing for stability, you know, for that earth element. So I hope that having the air element as something you can notice more in daily life will be helpful. Um, I hope that feeling it in the body and maybe even beginning to notice that more subtle element of air which is again, the chi or the, the flow of energy in the body. Um, if you can begin to notice that, it can be really helpful just in terms of noticing what impact things have on your body. You know, when I get on social media, 
What does that do to my energy system? When I take a hot bath, what does that do to my energy system? When I go for a walk, what does that do? So just noticing these things, noticing the impact that maybe trying to multitask has on your energy system, but also on your mind and on your meditation can be really helpful for deciding like, what, what do you want to spend your time on? Is it, you know, the things that are like kicking up all this air in the mind, or is it things that are kind of helping us settle and find more real enjoyment in life? We're going to finish this series by talking about the space element. And this one, it's, it's the one that's not in like Western element systems, but space is what creates the container for everything else. And it's often used as like a metaphor for the empty and luminous nature of our minds. Thanks for listening to this teaching on the elements. Please take a moment to sign up for the free email course to get the teachings from this series, invitations to live events, and more.